Hey, you're listening to Chew On That, and here's what we're chewing on today. In this life, there is more, but the more will come through less, less options and less opinions, less struggle and stress, but only through more Jesus. We have got to let him slow our limitations and shatter our limits. Will you do that today? My name is Scott Eastman. I'm the pastor at LC Downtown. And joining me today is my friend, Pastor Dallas. Say hi, Pastor Dallas. Hello, Pastor Dallas. <laughs> so today, as always, we're going to chew on the most recent message from Life Church Green Bay. Uh, this time it was a special edition, a yes. limited thing, I don't know what you want to call it, of, it was kind of like a, a, a rerun. Yeah. A rerun. Yeah. Of uh, of Sean's uh, life message, uh, which was fantastic. And we're going to get to that for a second. But I know that there's not a lot of people. I think they would know you if they saw you. But I don't know if they would know you. Like, I don't know if they could tell your story. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm known as long hair guy now. Yeah. I found that out when I got my hair cut because I was thinking of cutting it. And my uh, barber said, uh, that's kind of your look. And yeah. I go, is it? I've only had it for a year, but it's okay. Yeah, it's like my beard. <laughs> when I blew my beard off, I feel like I'm not me anymore. I'm yeah. somebody else's brand. Anyway, so uh, first, let me like, tell me like your story, but I might stop you and ask you questions. Oh, sure. Um, okay, so... Uh, born and raised in Las Vegas, Nevada. What? No one's born and raised in Las Vegas, <laughs> Nevada. That's what my wife said. I, I was. Uh, I was. I lived in a casino. No, that's what people think. Though <laughs> people think that that you're born or at the Bunny Ranch. Yeah, exactly. It's either or. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I born and raised in Las Vegas. Uh, I am. Child three of seven. Uh, wow. Yeah, uh, my 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 dad. I have a lot of half siblings. My dad's been married a couple times. He's probably gonna hate that I say that, but you know, I don't know if you know the podcasts are. So I think I'm in the oh, wind. Yeah. So <laughs> they're not available on a track. <laughs> <laughs> he said that, Dad, not me. Um, I uh, was kind of raised in Lutheran church, and so uh, raised in Lutheran church most of my life, and even I had a plan. Uh, no, no offense to the Lutheran church, but it just wasn't for me. So at 16, I was going to get a car. I was going to get a license. I was going to get out of church forever. I was going to wake up before my parents did and go to the mountains. I don't know why the mountains, mm. but I was going to go to the mountains. Um, my parents got a divorce when I was 15. My mom kind of went through a tough time and just pretty much said to my siblings, you guys can do whatever you want. I'm just kind of going through something. So uh, I had wow. siblings that partied and uh, I was invited to church, a different church, and um, gave my life to Jesus, Got called, felt called into ministry at 15. And then um, from there on, I was pursuing it. Uh, met my wife, Shelby, in Las Vegas. Uh, her dad was the worship pastor who I was afraid of um, because he always, I would play bass guitar for chapels and, and services and I would leave my bass on stage and he would come and find me and go, get your bass off my stage right now. I didn't know he was joking. My mm -hmm. wife had to tell me that he was just kidding when he said that. I really thought he was going to throw my bass away. Um, but I met her when I was 15, but I uh, didn't like her until I was 23. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, so I've known her a lot of my life. She was a friend and then she became more of a friend uh, when I got older and then we've been married for 12 years uh, we have three kids uh, we have a 10 year old named Kennedy and twin almost six year olds uh, yeah. Logan and Riley and so uh, so yeah we went moved from uh, Las Vegas to San Diego and I took up a job as a youth and children's pastor at a campus called Grace in uh, Oceanside California so very close to Camp Pendleton 
And then I, uh, I actually met Pastor Sean and Sonny there. They were the campus pastors. Uh, even though they, it wasn't a satellite church, they were just, they, it, we had a senior pastor who's kind of over some churches. So I met them there and loved working for them. Uh, and then when they came here to Wisconsin, I actually helped pastor move here. So I have taken the cross country drive twice. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. And so, and then a couple years later, they asked us to come on and, and do a lot of things, but uh, I've, I've loved living here. It's almost, it's been four and a half years that I've been here. So it's been That's awesome. How long were you the kids and youth pastor at Grace? Also four and a half years. Yeah. I was, uh, I never, I, I was always told I was in a seminary internship in Las Vegas and it was primarily a lot of youth pastors came out of this internship, but my, uh, pastor, pastor John Bohr always told me, he goes, you'd be a great kids pastor. And I don't know why I took it as an insult. I was like, how dare you? Like, yeah. why would you say that? And he's like, you're funny. You, you have this just great, I think you'd be great at it. And so I always took it as this insult when he, he would tell me all the time, I'm like, stop it. Don't put that on me. And so when I, uh, got the job at Grace, it was youth and children's. And my mindset was, okay, I, I, I'm going to go full-fledged with the, with the youth thing, but the children thing, I'm going to hand it off to some volunteer and like, like yeah. let them run with it. In the four and a half years I was there, I actually flipped. I did fall in love with children's ministry to the point where uh, my last year there, my plan was to go full on with kids ministry and allow, and I had three guys who volunteered for me. I was going to have them take over the youth ministry. I was like, this is, I, just, I don't want to do it. I, I mean, I love youth kids, but I, I think the children's ministry is way funner. And I was more fulfilled. It just felt filled my cup. Yeah. To, and so um, when I came here, uh, I didn't think it, I would ever be a kids pastor again. And so it's kind of been great in this season we're in now where uh, I've been asked to be the kids pastor again. And so it's been very, very exciting. And I'm just glad to be doing it again. So. Like I love all your kids to be sure. But mm-hmm. you mentioned uh, Kennedy and yes. then the twins. Yes. Logan and Riley. Riley. Mm-hmm. And Logan. Yes. Right. Is a special needs kid. Yes. Is that the way to say that? Yeah. Uh, Logan has uh it's called trisomy 21 or down syndrome. And so, uh, we found that out, uh, right when he was born, it was kind of a fun emotional experience. Uh, but I got a great story out of it. Uh, when they were both out, I said, huh, uh, my son looks like he has down syndrome. I went to the nurse. I said, my son looks like, does he look like he have down syndrome? And she goes, I'm going to have someone come and talk to you. Mm. That was her nice way of saying, I'm not legally allowed to yeah. tell you that. And I was like, you're right. And that's my response. You're right. He probably does it. And then I came back, go, he has Down syndrome, doesn't she? And she goes, the regional nurse is going to come talk to you. Mm. And I felt bad for this regional nurse. You could tell she comes in and she's just lifeless. Like my job is to give people bad news. Right. <laughs> right. So yeah. she grabs his feet, hands, looks at his face and goes, I mean, we're not, we haven't done blood tests yet, but it looks like your, your son has Down syndrome. Mm. And I just start crying. And this was said out loud. And I'm so sorry, Logan, you know, years down the line, uh, when you hear this, but the first words out of my mind, my mouth was, he's going to live with us forever. <laughs> That's a bad thing. I just, I, I just thought that. And Shelby, the whole time was so calm. And she was like, it's, you know, it's fine. It's, it's fine. He's going to be great. He's going to, God's going to do great things in us. She had all the faith. I had none of the faith. I threw it all out the window. Um, and, but in that I, I asked all my Christian friends. So like who, who, when I asked them to pray, I knew they would pray. I said, pray they're wrong. Mm. And that's my big thing. Pray they're wrong. Pray they're wrong. You know, all this. And in that, I felt like God interrupted me and said, 
no, 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 no. I just want you not to settle on the diagnosis. He's going to have a diagnosis down syndrome. And I know in your head, you're going to think that it means all of these things, but don't settle on that. Mm -hmm. And don't settle was so hard. And to the point where my pastors at the time, pastors, Matthew and Sabrina uh, Schlesinger uh, came to pray over him. And I was so glad they did. But in that process, I took over the pray over, like they're praying. And I, I spoke louder and they stopped talking. Cause I was like, God, we're not settling on the diagnosis and we're not settling on this. And you know, the great things have come out of it. Um, a lot of times, uh, people with down syndrome have heart issues. My son doesn't have any, and he's had four tests. They were like, this isn't right. He yeah. should have heart issues and he doesn't have any heart issues. Uh, he was mobile faster than they expect him to. So he's been climbing some areas and which has been great. Some of them I don't see until I see, a, uh, until I hear someone who's in the special needs program around him. Uh, I thought his speech was too delayed. And then I had someone go, he is talking a lot. And I go, mm. he is? So it was good for me to just perspective to be, you know what, sometimes I think he should be this far, but he's farther than I think he actually is, yeah. uh, which has been great. So Yeah, a really, a really unique situation where he's got a twin sister. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Without downs. And nope. so like, it's easy then to say, well, he, they should be at the same point. Correct. You know, they're born at the same minute. Yeah. Why would they not be exactly the same? Yeah. And the great thing about that though is, you know, uh, obviously Riley, and probably to this day doesn't go, oh, my, my brother has Down syndrome, so I need to help him. She never had that mindset. So when it came to running around and crawling, she, she was just like, come on, let's yeah. go. Like, you're, you're my friend. Yeah. You know, this, this older girl that wants nothing to do with me, like, she's cool. And, and, and we're, I don't know if they thought this, but there was just this bond from the beginning, you know, um, even to the point we were at the grocery store the other day. And I have Logan in the, in the cart because if I don't, he'll run away. And he doesn't, you know, like, oh, I'm just kidding. I'll come out. And he'll just keep going. He wants to explore. So he has to sit in the cart and his, his twin sister doesn't, but he allowed Riley to push the cart, not Kennedy. So there's that bond there. That's very, it's, I love it, but it's helped I think with his development yeah. uh, to where he did this army crawl thing because he just, while Riley was walking because he wanted to be with her. And so he's just crawling as hard as he can. And, and you can see it, he's on the ground and it just, it was great to see that development happen. So I'm very blessed to have a twin sister, uh, or he has a twin sister to help with that. Um, because I think if you were by yourself, you wouldn't see, I don't know. I don't know if I'd see the development. And there are, obviously there are hard times, you know, going to school this year, she's going to be going into first grade and he's hopefully going to be going into kindergarten. I mean, I say hopefully because we're going to try it out. You know, the, the specialists were wanting to try 4k again, but also we're open to kindergarten and left it up to us. And I was like, really? Like, but you're the teacher. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you're supposed I'm hoping you would know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I said, well, if it's up to us, I want to try kindergarten. I want to yeah. try it. And so, and so we're going to just try it. And so I, yes, there is that staggeredness of it, but I always have to remind myself what God said, don't settle. Yeah. I know you're going to want to settle and I know you're going to want to give in to just the, uh, the temptations of giving up, you know, but don't settle on this diagnosis. God's going to do great things in it. As a so. person that, uh, like I, I, I don't I had an aunt that mm -hmm. was developmentally disabled. Mm -hmm. Is that a way to say that? I think so. Like there was just some birth defects and stuff. And yeah. so, but you know, so it was my aunt, my dad's sister. And so like, mm -hmm. I mean, she's not here anymore. Gotcha. But like back then, mm -hmm. you know, you took a kid like that and you put them, you know, in an I, institution. That's what I heard. Like yeah, that, you just, you put them away. And yeah. Like maybe you go visit them. And so that was my experience with that. And so as a dad of four, I always thought I, uh, 
I'm sure that God knew that I wouldn't have mm-hmm. the tools. Like, I feel like I'm a good dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I don't know if I would have had the tools. And so I wonder, because then I want to watch parents like you and Shelby, and mm-hmm. I watch how you are with your kids. Yeah. Like, I wonder, boy, doesn't that uniquely set you up for kids' ministry? Like, I feel like there's like an extra layer of grace and there's an extra layer of it's going to be fineness to it's, like that kind of ministry. It's very possible. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that's the reason, you know, um, it's, it's very fine too. And I know, again, I'm not trying to downplay my parents, uh, but my mother, uh, at one point when it was diagnosed said, um, why did God let this happen to you? Um, you know, you've, you've been such a good person. So my mom took it as it's a punishment. Mm. I must have sinned. I must have done something where God is doing that old Testament punishment on me. And I'm cursed for, for as long as he's alive. And I said, mom, that's not the right mind. Really? She said, she goes, why didn't God do this to your sisters? And I said, well, I don't think my sisters could handle it. No offense to my sisters. Now they could listen to this podcast. So I do apologize, but I do feel like I don't look as a punishment. I look at it as an opportunity to, and, and a blessing in a way um, to be not only to be in his life, but it has opened up the the doors of special needs. Um, it was very bad. I mean, every time I saw a person with Down syndrome, I was like, hello, friend. And yeah. they're like, hi. And, yeah. and then parents. And it was just like, you know, it's like, okay, what works? What doesn't work? Like I would connect with any. And there was a time we were at a Walmart and I saw a girl with Down syndrome and I was like, hello, hey, fellow, fellow members, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and. And, and just connecting with people. And um, there's a great organization here uh, that it's the, um, I'm going to say it, the Down Syndrome Association, I think of Wisconsin, uh, I want to say is, and we've been to a couple things. We've been to uh, parks and, and the whole thing is really is connecting. And so we've done the trampoline days and things like that. And so, but it's opened my eyes to that community also, which um, I'm very excited, you know, with kids ministry and special needs on how I can make that work at our church is, that's kind of one of the things I want to start doing. So yeah. I want to get back to this idea, but just, I want to, yeah. you talked about how your mom had asked, why would that happen to you? Because you're such a good kid. And yeah blah, blah, blah. You know, I mentioned my aunt and they, you know, my aunt was born, you know, at a, um, regional, at a hospital here in town, you know, Catholic hospital. And you know, that, you know, back then all the nurses, because I mean, like Mm -hmm. the church was the, were the people that started hospitals, right? And that was like, that wasn't a weird thing. That was the thing. Yeah. And I love that. I love that. That that was the heart of the church at one point. I wish we were going to get back to that, but that's in a whole nother podcast. (laughs) But anyway, some of the some of the attending nurses told my grandmother then that my 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 aunt was born that way because it must be because of something that she did yeah you know as a kid or in her youth or when she was 20 or whatever that mm-hmm. that's why she was being punished now you know with yeah. a you know developmentally disabled kid and then like it, that sent my aunt no my my not my aunt but my grandmother yeah. like over the edge yeah, she totally. had nervous breakdown she had to have electric shock treatment which is wow. apparently how they thought yeah. handled you know, depression or anxiety or mental illness or like reacting to horrible things that horrible nurses tell you in the 1930s or whatever, like whatever it was. And so like, and so that leads me to the conversation we've been having a lot lately in, in my circle of people of like, you know, but does God really punish us mm-hmm. today for the sins that we're doing on earth? Like, I yeah. feel like, I don't think that's a thing. I feel like there are consequences to our sins or mm-hmm. consequences to our bad decisions, but that's not God punishing us. Those yeah. are just the, the natural inherent consequences yeah. of screwing up. I, I think people have a hard time saying, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I yeah. think when things come and it doesn't, and it doesn't make sense to us, we go, 
oh, like I, we have to have an answer. We have to have, I have to give an answer, especially as pastors. Right. They, people don't want us to say, I don't know. In fact, if we say, I don't know, then we're out of a job, yeah. you know, when it comes to faith and why is this happening? Why? I, I don't know, you know, and that's, I think that's why phrases like, you know, if God closes a door, he'll open a window or is it open a window or close a yeah. door? I don't know. He's Either something. way, yeah. someone's coming in awkwardly. Right. So, but, but I think that was developed because as, as pastors and even as believers, it's very hard for us to go, I just don't know. But that's what faith is. Sometimes faith is, I don't know, but I'm going to yeah. trust you either, either way. Yeah. I almost so. feel like it's, it's our human nature that wants Correct. answers, but it's, a, it's our Christ-like nature mm-hmm. that wants to say, I'm just going to believe. Yeah. And so, and the, like, even when Jesus was talking to Thomas, when Thomas finally did, was able to see Jesus, mm-hmm. he's like, well, I mean, you believe Tom, because I mean, you got to put your hand in my side, yeah. gross. And you got to put your fingers <laughs> in my hands, gross. <laughs> You yeah, know, but blessed are those that will believe without having had the benefit. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? And so, but our human nature is, I've got to have an answer. I got to know what yeah. the answer is. And I feel like, you know, God's funny, yep. you know, in that. And not that, not that one faith is greater than another faith, mm-hmm. but just, I think it's okay not to have all the answers. In fact, yeah. I, I always say like a God that I can completely figure out mm-hmm. means that that's a God that can fit inside my head. And I don't want a God that that's small. Yeah. I, get the, I mean, while I have a giant head, I got a yeah. tiny mind. <laughs> and so like, I don't want a God that fits in there. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. And I, and again, I, if I didn't have a son with Down syndrome, then I wouldn't, my door would be shut to this special needs community. And I'm glad it's not. I'm glad that I'm, that it's, it's now a part of my life and it will be a part of my life forever. And so again, I don't understand, but at the same time, I do understand that if I didn't have this this, my son with Down syndrome, I wouldn't have this community. I wouldn't have this mindset. I wouldn't have this patience. I wouldn't have this willingness to learn more. And this um, is, yeah, sorry. I keep no, no. asking you questions and interrupting your answers because no, I feel no. like my questions are better than your answers. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. But I think that, I think that, that my point was, is I feel like God stretched you mm-hmm. with Logan. Totally. To the point where, I mean, that that's pretty much as far as you, unless Logan becomes an ax murderer, like yeah. I feel like you're stretched to like the extent of a mm-hmm. parent that it could be stretched. So like, Everyone that every kid that walks through these doors or yeah. ends up in kids one two fifty two. Right? Yeah, why couldn't I think of the name for a second? <laughs> anyway, like they're gonna fall within the within the reach of this way that God has already stretched you. And oh so like, yeah, do you know That's, what I mean? So oh, like, totally. anyone that comes in, you're like, well, I mean. I got Logan, so I'm totally, I totally can handle your kid. <laughs> and and, you know? and that's and that's that's very true too. And I I never looked at that perspective is is going. You know what? Like, uh, I, and yeah, I think that maybe that's a fear of of people with their kids in kids ministry is like I I want to come to church, but man, my kid likes yep. to break stuff. You right. know, and yeah. like and and maybe th- again, that's that's an opportunity for me to go. Hey, I get it. Yeah, like I totally get it. I have. Yeah. you know. <laughs> Have a sudden like you have hostage negotiation, you know, deals when it comes to like okay, don't drop that because yeah. if you do, it's gonna break. Yes, and it's really expensive. So no, 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 yeah. no, no. I'll give you whatever you want. What is it? What is it? Yeah, <laughs> you want a car? You want chocolate? I mean, it's usually chocolate. Uh, but yeah, I, I, so I, I totally. And again, that's an opportunity too. Is and I think it's so important to surround yourself with people who are gonna not be doom and gloom and go. Maybe it's this. Yeah. And so, uh, so that just yeah, that was a fun aha moment you guys got to listen to because. Uh, yeah. 
yeah. that was even great for me to hear. So I love that. Yeah. All right. So the purpose of our uh, <laughs> of this podcast isn't necessarily to talk all about Dallas, although there's a thousand stories. Mm-hmm. I'd say that when Dallas came, I was a little bit jealous because before he came, uh, Sean and Sonny referred to Pastor Dallas as the fu- as the pastor of fun or the yes. fun pastor, and I yep. was like, no, wing on a second. <laughs> I'm the funniest guy on staff. <laughs> So like if someone else comes that funnier than me, then what is my role going to be? Yeah. And so, but it all worked out okay. It did. Yeah. I mean, th- that was supposed to be my title, pastor of fun, no matter where I went. Yeah. You know, I was at the North campus, still pastor of fun. Right. I was in Ireland, pastor of fun, you know, like it didn't matter. But so That's I guess awesome. I could be, I, mean, I don't know if it's funny as much as fun. Yeah. yeah Cause I can tell you that, uh, I will laugh at everyone's jokes, even my own. So maybe that's why I am the pastor of fun. I just want to have fun. Yeah. So, Who doesn't? Exactly. I feel like Jesus was always goofing around. Oh, he had to have been. I know it's not biblical, but in that, no. in that, in the, um, in that miniseries, Chosen. Yeah. Like that Jesus. Like mm-hmm. I, I want my Jesus to be that Jesus, oh, like in yeah. the worst way, because like he even like makes fart sounds to make amused kids, right? Like when they're <laughs> yeah. spying on him, he's like. Yeah. Like that. Like, oh, yeah. And then they, they laughed and he's like, come, let's just have fun. It doesn't have to be scary. It can yeah. be sweet. And I love that. Like, I totally feel like Jesus would make fart sounds. Maybe not, if not with his mouth, I feel like he'd at least do that one like you do with your hand oh, under yeah, your totally. armpit. I can never do I that. I introduced that to my kids and it's like I gave a magic trick. They're like, what? <laughs> Why did I know about this? I'm like, you do now. So. Yeah, it's like the ever-present can of like fart slop. Oh, yes. Yeah. They, they have that. That's yeah. why they didn't need that. They're like, well, I, I just have to do this, Dad. And then, so. Anyway, let's listen to what Sean has to say. Limitations and liabilities instilled upon us and installed within us by sights and sounds, options and opinions. But what if there was more? What if that more came from less? Less options, less opinions, less stress, less struggle so we could have more. More love and more life. More friends and more freedom. More peace and more purpose. Okay. I know this is your podcast, no, but go. just that clip alone, I mean, how, I mean, we did this in 2018, yep. but I mean, that, that phrase alone, how important is that for right now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that we, that, what if we had less options? I mean, oh my gosh. I yeah. mean, uh, I, so I, I have the book with me just cause I, I wanted to read. And if you didn't get the book, you, I'm, again, I'm so nope. I'm taking over your podcast. Nope. Say those it's words. Jesus.lifechurchgreenbay.com. You can download it and, and it has, it has the pictures you saw. It's everything, but oh my gosh, I just loved it. I loved that. It just, we're, it's, this is right now. Yes. You know, and are we making the most of our limitations? You know, we're, we're, or are we focusing on the limitations? Yeah. I can't do this. I can't do that. And we're just got our arms folded yeah. and then going, but maybe this is God saying, I want to limit things so that you yeah. focus on the right things. Right. right. So. When, or maybe like for years of your life, he was whispering, Hey, slow down, slow down. Yes. Hey, just slow down a second. Mm-hmm. Just slow down. And I'm not saying that God caused COVID or allowed COVID. Or, I'm not smart enough to know whether that happened or not, but I know for sure that he's like, Hey, now do something with this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Where if you are limited, then why are you limited? And what can you live without? What have mm-hmm. you been doing day in and day out that you could live without? Yeah. Like, what are you, what are you setting your kids aside for? Mm-hmm. What are you setting your spouse aside for? What are you setting your friends or your family or your neighbors aside for and pursuing that you can't do now? And what could, if we come out of COVID, what could you just leave behind? Yeah. 
it, it really, I mean, more love, more life. I, I, the thing I love about COVID and I know people are like, that's crazy thought, but yeah. what I love about COVID is, you know what? It did make me love differently. I found with my kids that I think I was training this love as getting or going, Mm. I'm going to take you, you know, to dinner. That's my way. I love you. I'm going to get you something. Well, we couldn't do either of those things. So how am I supposed to show love, affection and all this in that? And, and so, you know, bike rides became a fun thing to do. Um, being outside on the trampoline became a fun thing to do. And, and I found myself conversations became different and, and really helping your kids through this, you know, cause they're, they're fearful too. And they're also sad. Like, I don't, man, you know, uh, my daughter was supposed to be in a play. She was supposed to be in Mary Poppins. And she mm-hmm. didn't, and it, and obviously got canceled. And so I had to, as a father, you know, to help her through that and help her grieve through that, allow her to grieve, you know, because that is a tough time for her. But you know what? But I also said, hey, this isn't our last year of life. This may be our t- a tough year, yeah. but it'll be a year we remember. Um, but it's not the end. We're going to, you know, it's, it's something we're going to get through. Right. But l- what, what are we going to do in the meantime? But even in that, like, I wonder if COVID allowed you to have to be present mm-hmm. or have the time to grieve with her or to walk her through that grief that maybe if we weren't in COVID, yeah. right? Like maybe you wouldn't have time. Like, so what, what, I know that she lost the possibility because of COVID, even mm-hmm. if like she was grieving over something else. Sometimes yeah. I feel like we're so wrapped up in the, all the other things that we're doing that we don't take the time to walk our kids through grief. My daughter came home last night. Um, she had spent the weekend, uh, up in Michigan with our neighbors, they're they're really good friends. Yeah. And so, and then some stuff went down between our our neighbors and their up north neighbors, and there it was like this. It was a it was a it was a it was a verbal brawl. Right? Ooh. And and Ray's never been part of that. Like mm-hmm. the conflict's not a big deal. Yeah. No, conflict's not uh, a frequent thing at our house. Yeah. It's not present. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not present. So she was like, "What's happening?" Right yeah. Because like people are swearing and people like, you know what I mean? There was guns involved. Oh, like, wow. Like yeah. not guns, guns. Like there was like a 45 at someone's oh, head. No, but no. It, it had to do with like their neighbor was like shooting squirrels with a 22 out of oh. their window, right? Right at our friend's house. And she's mm-hmm. like, my kids are inside that house. Could yeah. you not? You know what I mean? And so like that blew up. Mm-hmm. And so, and Ray, like when she got home, she acted all tough in front of this mom and everything. And then, you know, she went upstairs and I went upstairs and I said, Hey, it's okay if that freaked you out. Yeah. I, I held her for a second and she's blew up into tears. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's a lot of tension. And, it, you know, without COVID, who knows what are the 16 other things I might've been doing in that moment. I yes. wouldn't be able to see her in that moment. Yeah. It's see her. And that's, yeah. that's really been it is, is going, you know what, with these limitations, it's caused me to have even deeper one-on-one moments with not just my kids, my wife too. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the tough thing is I've, you know, marriages have been struggling during this and it's been very tough to go, okay, how can we help other marriages? But also, is our marriage good? And so yeah. it's, it's caused us, I think, to conversate even more, to partner even more and, um, you know, give each, cause, cause at the same time, you know, I, I do, I am married to a person who <laughs> after a certain amount of time, she's like, okay, you guys need to get out of here. I need to be by myself. <laughs> and so, you know, and so giving her that in what we have, and, and it was just little moments like, Hey, let's all just go outside on the trampoline. Hey, let's all go down the basement and have a movie together and things like that. And so, but it did, it, it made me shift things because I, I was limited by things, 
but I knew that my kids and my family didn't need me to need it. Didn't need to see me focus on those limits. Like, Oh gosh, that's, we can't do anything. Oh, this is the worst. Like I couldn't be that for my family. I had to go, we're, we're going to get through this. We're yeah. going to get through this. I know yeah, it's and weird. That goes, right. That goes back to Sunny. I don't know if Sunny made up this thing or if she just found it somewhere and uses it all the time. Mm-hmm. But that, I mean, that goes back to being the thermostat and not the thermometer. Yes. That's right? so like, true. So like for my family, I'm setting the temperature here. Yes. So I'm not going to set it at, I can't believe we can't do anything more. I hate yeah. my life. Rawr, rawr, rawr. Mm-hmm. Cause our kids will pick up on that. And, and it'll expand. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that thermostat, I mean, when you're up with that, they're just going to go with you. Right. And so, yeah, you have to keep it low to where then it's just awkward yeah. when, when they have those moments. Yeah. Like you're, it's like, no, 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 you don't have to act like, you don't have to think that way. It's going to be okay. We're going to get right. through this, you know, this is, and I kept, one of the things I kept saying is this isn't our last year, you know, now I don't know our time, but I'm, I'm, I'm believing that we're going to make it to 2021 in 2022, you know? And so I, I had to constantly remind, not that my kids were freaking out. Obviously my twins probably didn't even, like they loved it. Yeah. They're like, COVID's the best. Right. My parents are both home and they, they bought a trampoline right. and we're going on bikes like, yeah, and we don't have school, this right. is the best, you know? <laughs> uh, so it was just different for each uh, each kid. And so um, <laughs> Riley actually called it the uh, quota virus for a while. <laughs> we just gotta get through this quota virus. But I love that what was happening again, being the father, Father, I heard uh, Riley was FaceTiming her best friend, uh, Brooklyn, which is Pastor DJ's uh, uh, daughter. So I love the, how that worked out that, you know, we're friends and they have yeah. friends, uh, but they're FaceTiming the beginning of this and her friend's like, I miss you so much, Riley. And she goes, it's okay. We just got to get through this quota virus. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we got to get in the next quota. But anyways, <laughs> That's <but>. it. <laughs> Good. We were designed to dream, to drive toward a divine destiny to be the best that we could be. Believe that we could become exceedingly and abundantly more. Dreams that were hardwired into us, not by our surroundings, but by a creator who spoke space and the skies into existence. I love how Sean points out here that our dreams don't come from what the TV tells us to dream or what the Mm -hmm. magazines tell us to dream or what Facebook tells us to dream. But in fact, our dreams come from our creator and our creator is the same creator that didn't just create, you know, what we think is our lousy selves, but created the whole universe, right? Like all the things, all the beautiful things, all the amazing things, the same God, you know, that created, you know, waterfalls created us, the same God that created, you know, shooting stars created us. And so... Our dreams shouldn't be limited by whatever could fit on Facebook or 140 characters on yeah. Twitter or whatever number of pages are in your Vogue magazine. Yeah. Does anyone read Vogue magazine? I don't know. I, I do love that. It, again, going back to, again, how we this was made two years ago, but it's probably more powerful now than it was two years ago. He says, dreams that were uh, hardwired into us, not by our surrounding... <laughs> But by a creator. And again, I, I, I'm believing that people are going to, dreams are going to be built out of this. That people are going to go, you know what? I, I never thought I could do this or be this or write this or, or record this, but I, but I had the opportunity to. And so I think it, it was, it's God saying, I don't allow your surrounding to stop you from dreaming, you know, don't, don't allow your dreams to be killed by your surroundings. I mean, I love, we have a creator that give us a mindset and, and, and again, has probably stopped us to go, Hey, 
now is the opportunity to write that. You've been talking about this forever. And you said, well, as, as soon as I get this up, now you have the opportunity. So don't focus on, you know, what the government's doing, what, what the CDC is doing. I want you to focus on your dream right now, because once we're out of this, people are going to want it. You know, that's what I think of. I keep uh, hearing stories about, you know, actors and musicians and stuff like they've asked, what are you doing? They're like, I'm just writing. I'm writing a script. I'm writing a song. I'm writing, uh, you know, a book. I'm writing, and so we're getting, you know, the birth of some great things probably out of this because people have the time and they didn't allow themselves to be distracted, to not to dream, you know. So I love that that line that not by your surroundings but by a creator. It's like, oh, that's so good. It's again, that's why we had to, you know, rebroadcast this. You know, we had to because I think. We're at this point. We, we all thought that by now, by July, everything would be back to normal. Like that, that was my mindset. Was, oh, yeah, by July? Oh, by, hey, we're going to have fireworks on 4th of July. We're going to have this. We're going to be fine. And now it doesn't look like that. So it's like, oh, gosh. So I think just the timing of this is perfect. And I'm so glad as a church, you know, because it wasn't just one idea. It was a collective idea. It said, we, we, our people need to hear this right now. They need to be reminded that it's going to be okay. So, yeah. yeah. So if if it, if this chew on that is your first exposure to the uh, life and and dream message from Sean, find it. It's on our Facebook page somewhere. It's on our website somewhere. So you know, find it and listen to the whole thing. It's ten minutes, but it's you know, it's a really incredible ten minutes. So make sure you're listening to the whole thing. Yeah. We were not designed to drown in doubt or dread, to flounder in fear or failure. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He's made us more than conquerors. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. He that is in the world has no ability to speak life, no ability to speak truth. The one who is within us is not a man that he should lie. He's come that we may have life and life more abundantly. You know, here, Sean's uh, talking about 1 John 4, 4, right? The greater is he that is within you than he that is within the world. And he's talking about how, and he, I think this is a letter from John to somebody. Yeah. I don't know who John was writing to. Do you even know? Um, gosh. Uh, I guess it doesn't really matter. No, I don't remember. <laughs> but he's talking about how, like, listen, there's people in the world and there's, and there's people like us. Yeah. And so the people in the world are in the world, but the world's in them and mm -hmm. Satan's in them. But greater is he that is within you, meaning God, yeah. than he's a, the than he that is within the world, meaning Satan or the mm -hmm. enemy or, you know, the world. And so, you know, I, I, I love this because, you know, I, this seems like to be one of those ideas that we just write off as a, as an iconic quote or a, or an old Sunday school hymn or something, but it's like, it brings so much life yeah. that, that, you know, that the world, what we're chasing in the world will never, ever satisfy us. Mm -hmm. And what we find, you know, when we're prone to the words of Satan, you know, he's, you know, not the Satan, you know, like from, what was the Tom Cruise movie? where Legend. Legend. Yeah, that freaked Tim me. Tim Curry oh, was the devil. Oh, gosh. That, so, that was a good devil. Yeah, that's, that's a devil. You're like, I don't want to meet that devil. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Anyway, but that's not, you know, the, and, the, and, the, and the devil's like, 
we were talking about this at LC downtown last night at church. And so if you're, by the way, we're meeting, um, LC downtown, uh, every Sunday night at six. Mm-hmm. And so if you're, uh, anxious to get back, um, and meet with people, in fact, meet with them in a really deep and a really deep level, uh, try LC downtown. We get together at six o'clock every Sunday at gather on Broadway. We meet at in reasonable distances at small tables of six people or so and the food served to us and responsible means. And then we just, we listen to the talk or we watch the talk and then we talk about the talk. We have yeah. chew on that every Sunday. There you so go. if you feel like chew on that is something you wish you could do all the time, know that you can do that every Sunday. Anyway, we were talking about this last night about how the enemy's power isn't in the ability to make bad stuff happen to you. Mm-hmm. It's his powers and his ability to convince you of bad yes. stuff. Like he can't, he can't conjure up real things, but he can conjure up every last horrible thing in your mind, every doubt, every jealousy, Mm -hmm. every hate, every, like all the yuck is like him, like in this big cauldron where he just like cooks it up and like, then we believe it Mm -hmm. and we can choose to believe him or we can believe, choose the one who is within us. Yeah. I mean, you think, I mean, it's, I mean, one of the first things he says to Adam and Eve was, did God really say that? Yeah. So he's making you question like, oh, I don't know. Did I hear him wrong? I mean, I, was I distracted? And, and, and that's the big thing is, is yeah, it's, it's convincing you to stay in the slavery of sin, right. you know, no, 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 you're having fun. Don't worry about that. Don't, no, 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 don't, don't focus over here. And so, yeah, but, but again, uh, Greater is he that is in you, meaning that no matter what circumstance you have, you have God in you. And I think people have to remind themselves. I know this is a scripture that is used a lot and sometimes we can just overthink it. But greater is he that is in you, meaning that he is in the world and we can focus and we can make things and circumstances in this world so big and so scary and so dangerous. But God said, no, no, I'm bigger than all that though. Like I had to remind my kids that, you know, scripture talks about that. He holds a universe in his hand. And so again, I said, so I showed them, I said, between the pinky and your thumb, God holds your whole universe. So does that freak you out? Like, Oh no. I mean, why am I worried when, I mean, it's just like a tennis ball to God, our fears, our frustrations, our worries, everything that God's like, Oh, this is, this is, you know, really, really small to me. I, I, it's funny that you, you know, talking about church. I, I was just talking about with kids ministry, we just did a message on fear and I used to, um, a the illustration of there was a time I was had binoculars and a, a moth came really close and it freaked me out as a kid and I dropped it and I like I didn't say this in the video but I was I was crying like we have to go we're getting attacked like it freaked me out and, and you know my dad had to say like it's just a moth you got close it's it's you know it's only this small and so it reminded me that when it comes to fears that you know what God says no no I know this fear is really big to you but to me it's nothing it's yeah super small and I'm in you. So guess what? It's also small to you. Right. You need to make it small to you because it's small to me. It's nothing. Oh, I could take care of that in a second, yeah. you know, and people go, well, then why are we going through it? Because God wants us to mature and grow, but knowing like, I know this is tough. I know you don't like this, but once you come out of this, you're going to go, I'm glad I went through that. I mean, we say that all the time yeah. when we were in stuff we didn't like, we hated it. But I can tell you now, if someone said, would you change anything? I go, not really, because it helped me through everything. Yeah. And I, I'm really into sci-fi nerdiness. And I'm like, well, if I went in the time 
time structure. And I took one thing out, then it would change everything else. And I like where, you know, I like the woman I'm married to and the kids I have, and I don't want to take one thing out and it changes everything. So in a way I have to accept it all, but I know that things, that the things I went through helped me mature through that. Yeah. So I feel like I have 10,000 victories in Jesus. Yeah. And one of the greatest victories I have is knowing that anything that I think of, right? Like if I'm, if I'm sitting at my desk and I, and I, and I, and I conjure up this idea that, that they're unhappy with me or that I suck or that I can't do my job. Or if I'm laying in bed and I think that my spouse hates me or uh-huh. she wishes she was with somebody else. Or if I'm, you know, like if I'm taking pictures, I'm a photographer and if I'm taking pictures or someone else's work that's better than mine. All those things yeah. are things that Satan's putting in my head. Yeah. Every doubt, every, every negative self talk, that's all just Satan. The same mm-hmm. Satan that like you just said, that talked yeah. to Adam and Eve. Did yeah. God really say that? Yeah. You know, does the boss really like you? Yeah. Does your wife really think you're something? Yeah. Do your friends really, you know, they're not, I just feel like your friends aren't really your friends. Like mm-hmm. if they're really your friends, they do this, right? That's what Satan does. He's like that crappy friend that just spits crap into your ear. You know yeah. what I mean? And just like, I don't really think it's so like this constant negative commentary. Like, like I said, I have 10,000 victories That's in Jesus. Really and one of the greatest victories I have is him. Like, I know that those things aren't the truth. Yeah. And I, I, I'm not telling you they don't hear those things sometimes. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, I still drive down the road and think some of those things, but I know that I can kick that stuff out Yeah. because you, like you said, God's bigger than that. Yeah. Especially because he's bigger than smoke and mirrors and that's all that Satan operates yeah. in. I did. So I have just one thing that just made me think of that. When I was in youth ministry, I remember my pastor one time said that when you overcome a temptation, that's a miracle. Mm. And I remember in my head going, that's not a miracle. And I think that's what the enemy is really good at is making us, uh, carp, uh, uh, cr- put categorize, yeah. uh, categorize certain things that this is not that as big as, so when you say 10,000 victories, I know some people are going, well, I wish I had that many. You do. Yeah. You just don't think some are victory victory when right. they are a victory. You don't, you don't think that because you are sinning less that that's a victory. Like people don't need to understand that. Yes, you have 10,000 victories. You have a lot of victories because every day when you decide to to go to Jesus and not go to yourself, that's a victory. That's a win. And it could be something as small as I'm cussing less. That's a victory. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking negative less. That's a victory. And the devil will go, not really, not compared to so-and-so. Yeah. Now that's, have you heard his testimony? Right. I remember the big thing was you had to do bad things to have a good testimony. And it's like, oh, that's terrible to think. Um, but one of the best testimonies I had, I ever heard was my friend Antonio say, I never did anything bad but I was still missing something. And I was like, oh, that's even powerful. Yeah. Because sometimes we think, well, I, as soon as I stopped doing the drugs, that's when Jesus came. It's like, well, what if you didn't do any drugs? What if you didn't do anything bad? You still need Jesus. Yeah. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter how good or bad you are. You still need a savior. And so, and I just, I love that. I love that phrase because that's true. We need to remind ourselves that God has gotten us through so many things and we are victorious in him. Yeah. So. You are majestic, and you are majestic because your every movement is maneuvered by a Messiah who makes no mistakes. Your steps are ordered. They are directed, not always in the direction of your desire or decision, but always in the direction for your good. He works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. 
I don't mean to keep quoting Pastor Sonny because uh, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm up for a raise or anything. But <laughs> she also once said, and I'm not sure if this was her or if she just borrowed it from somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but she said that uh, comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. That that we might not feel majestic mm-hmm. because I feel like 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 Riley probably feels majestic yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Like at, you know, at that age, like you're still like, you're everything. Oh yeah. You know, I love my toes. I love my nose. Oh, I love, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I just, you know, I love yes. everything about me. Yeah. Right. And so, but somewhere along the line, she's going to notice that someone else's nose is cuter or more buttony or someone mm-hmm. else's toes are more perfectly aligned or someone else's job is better. or Someone else's car is better. or Someone else's wife is better. or Someone else's whatever is better. We yeah. just, we, go through life not thinking convincing ourselves how unmajestic we are yes and so the problem with that is it's crippling it's, yeah it's crippling because then you're then your pursuit is to out majesticize the next guy yes. or the next girl mm-hmm. so now i'm going to start giving up more of what means something in my life yeah or more things where i can have a serious impact or a legitimate impact in someone's life and give that up yeah. set that time aside so i can pursue more majesty was yeah. the word i was looking for oh yeah totally <laughs> anyway so like i feel like we do that and that happens by in this comparison thing yep instead of just sitting back and saying gosh God really made something awesome in me. Yeah. And that's and that's not prideful. Like mm-hmm. not I mean, I guess it could be. If you think like, oh, I'm so beautiful, mm-hmm. right? Like that's not the same thing as knowing that yeah, God made you and that yeah. you're a work. Yeah. Right? You know, and so but we don't we lose that magic somewhere along the line. And I th- I think it's so important because comparison is you're looking at others and and you're taking your focus off of what God thinks of you. You know, that God chose your steps that he, just like what pastor says in that, that he, when you have these experiences and mindsets when you're in that one-on-one connection with God. And I know, and I'm not trying to go on a rant or anything like that, but I know speaking of uh, comparison, you know, people have asked us as a church, why aren't you back in the building yet? Mm -hmm. This church is back in the building. This church, why aren't you guys back in the building? We have a good reason. We don't, we, we want to do it differently. We want to have a full kids ministry. We want to have a full adult ministry. We want things to be back as much as we can, as, 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 you know, we can. Um, But what's happening is people are going, I miss church. I miss this. Why? 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 And I and I want to go. Well, hey, instead of focusing on why we're not, I need, why don't you focus on what you can do in it? Well, I can't have church like we did at church. But can you're focusing on the comparison when you have that one on one focus going, God, and it, it's a preparation. You can't just turn on Facebook or go to our website and go, all right, give me church. It's a preparation going, God, get, I need you to get my heart and you get my mind ready to receive from you because I'm going to be in a similar situation. I, I get the easiness of you walk in the building. It's awesome. It looks awesome. And so you're like, you, it gets you goosebumps. You're excited. You see that countdown, you know, everything like that. He, pastor has cool quotes and we go right into it. The symbols go, you know, Pastor Jonathan says, hey, let's raise your hands. And, and so you're in it and you're like, oh, cool. I needed this. I needed that. And so when you don't have that, you go, oh, it's just not the same. It's not the same, but... Imagine what would happen to your mindset, to your direction, when you said, it doesn't matter where I am, I'm going to have an experience with Jesus. Whether I'm on my couch, in my bedroom, 
basement, outside, at my friend's house, at a pocket church, whatever it is. I'm believing that God is trying to mature some of our people right now, and they're not allowing him to because we're so focused on comparison, comparing to other churches. I know that came off as a rant. I hope I didn't offend some no, people. It's not, it's not a rant. And like, you should be offended. <laughs> like, I feel like there's some of us that are that I just feel like uh, when we, uh, when I would teach uh, growth track. Yeah. I would talk about how, for me, growing up the way that I grew up, both in my Catholic upbringing and in my evangelical upbringing, mm-hmm. I relied on church to facilitate my faith for me. Yeah, I was a participant-ish, mm-hmm. yeah. more like an observer of my own faith, mm-hmm. right? Like I didn't, I didn't have any obligations, right? If yeah. you know my Catholic upbringing, like the priest was doing all the work. He was doing all the prayers and the breaking of the bread and the dipping in the wine and the sprinkling of the water and the banging of the incense and the lighting of the candles and the cleaning up. And like, I was just watching him do all that. Mm -hmm. And somehow I thought that by me watching someone else practice my faith for me meant that I had faith and there's no faith in that at all. At least it wasn't for me. Yeah. I know that it's a, don't mishear me. I know that it's a beautiful sacrament. It's a beautiful ritual. As long as I understand the symbolism of it, Mm -hmm. like I'm there to, I'm and I'm not attending watching a priest do the work for me that I'm there attending. Yeah. This observation of the death and sacrifice of Jesus Christ for my sin. I get, I get all that, but yeah. so many people don't pick that up, right? Yeah. They're not, they're, they just feel like I got to tick this box. Mm-hmm. And you know, the same thing is true at life church. If, if, if you're missing life church because you miss Jonathan and the call to arms and the banging yeah. symbols and the smoke machine and the laser rays and the, mm-hmm. you know, if that's what you're missing about church, that's not your faith, yo. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the one time a week that we get together and celebrate our faith together. Mm-hmm. Your faith is every minute of every yeah. hour of every day between nine o'clock on Sunday and, or 10 o'clock on Sunday when it ends and nine o'clock when it starts again. Like that's when, yeah. that's when our faith happens. So these people saying, oh, why can't we get back to church? I miss church. That's because you're treating your church as a hobby and not as a habit. Yeah. And the flip side about it is this too. Imagine what would happen in people's lives when they say, I'm going to pursue God when I can't be in the building. Imagine what will happen when they get in the building. Right. I mean, they're pursuing God now. I mean, they're going to worship like they've never worshiped before. They're going to, they're going to amen pastor. Like we've never, I mean, we've never experienced that. You know, you get maybe some ameners and, and people are like, you're distracting, you yeah. know, but, but you'll get people who are like, I need this because they pursued God when there was nothing, when all they had was their iPad or their TV or whatever. Right. They, but they pursued God no matter what. Imagine what will happen to people who come into our building going, what is happening? That person looks like me, that person probably the same age as me, but they are going after Jesus like I've never seen before. That, that, yeah. And that's our obligation, right? That's our responsibility. Mm -hmm. To give that responsibility to Sean or to you or to me, like that's, listen, that's irresponsible. Yes. You know what I mean? That's not, it's not pastor's job to save you. Mm -hmm. Pastor's wisdom or pastor's teaching or the fact that he has great shoes. None of that stuff is what gets you in a relationship with God. That you've got to chase that on your own. Yes. Again, Sunday is a celebration of our faith, not like the existence of our faith. Yeah. You can't visit it for an hour. No, no. And, and again, going back to the line, the majestic, when you go beyond the hour, when you pursue, pursue God more and more, you are going to start believing the, that you are majestic, that you are great, that you are going to do great things because now what you're doing is you're welcoming in God into your life more and more. And God's not timid and he's not afraid right. and he's not negative. He's, he's, he is a great God. And when a great God's living in you, all you can do is be 
great yes. and believe you're great. And again, not in a prideful way, right. not better, but man, God is doing some things I never thought. He's, he's changing my mind. He's changing my speech. He's changing my, my decisions, my, my, my everything, you know? And it's so funny checklist too. I, I, I got convicted by this. Um, I've been doing the Bible in one year with Nikki Gumbel. Oh yeah, I love that. Oh, it's the best. But what happened is cause I like to hear Cause Nikki Gumbel's from, from England. So I like to hear his accent. So I started yeah. listening to it in my headphones and I, and I would, and I, I used to start by, I would listen and that, cause you know, his devotions are great, but they're long. Sorry, yeah. Nikki, yeah, they're nope. just long. They <laughs> and so I would just listen and then I would do the scripture. But then there was one day I listened and I listened to scripture. And I'm walking around. Oh, I'm just kind of clean, but I, I'm listening to the Bible and everything like that. And then a couple of weeks went by and there, and, and Shelby goes, what are you doing? I go, Oh, I'm doing devotions in my headphones. She goes, are you getting stuff out of that? And I go, uh, and I realize all I'm doing is just getting it done. Yeah. I'm not really, cause it's by one, one year I got, I'm on day 201. I still have this many days left. I got to get it done. But if I'm not really listening and I'm not really studying, then what's the point? Right. I'm just checking it off. Yeah. Listen, there's no like sash in heaven with all the badges that we've earned yeah, on them. Right? So it's not a matter of like, getting it checked off. Yeah. Right. It, it's about understanding what you, what you read and, and right. And, and then going like our, what our pastor does. Our pastor can't just read a scripture and that's good script. No, he's got to find the, the root behind it, the right. history behind it. I mean, it's the best. And that's why I love, he's my favorite preacher is because, uh, and I said that because I do want to raise, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he studies, he goes beyond, he's challenged me to go I'm like, don't just read the, the fine print, get the original language, right. go to the commentaries study the scripture because when it's more alive in your life, it's going to be more alive in your life, your, yes. your surroundings, in your families. It's just going to come off you in a way that you've never experienced. And, and that's what we mean about this is, is if you're pursuing God now when it's hard, oh my gosh, it, it's <laughs> pursuing God when it's easy is going to be like, crazy because yeah. you're like, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm around. And again, like believers with like mindsets, whoo, watch out on believers. Yeah, I mean, you're going to come in, you're going to come in going, I want what they want. Yeah. I want whatever they're drinking, whatever yep. they're smoking. I right. want it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the beauty of it. So, but, but take advantage of this time, prepare yourself, say a prayer, God, open my heart and mind, help me not be distracted, whatever it is. And you know, as a church, we're making it available to you. If you want to watch it on demand, meaning you're going to watch it later when the kids aren't around, you know, whatever, just do it. But don't just watch the service, engulf the service, yeah. break it down. That's why I love this podcast because this podcast breaks down the message to where you can, if you go, Oh, I didn't get that yesterday. Right. I'm so glad they talked about that today. I mean, that's why I love this podcast. That's awesome. Why are we still not dreaming? Because the one that's in the world has sprayed us and splattered us with fear, hurt, and lies. But the one who is within us said, in the end, only three things will remain. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. He loves you. He has hope for you. Faith in you. Why don't you? Why don't you believe what the creator of and very source of belief has designed you to believe? Why are you limiting yourself? Why are you limiting God? Why are you limiting yourself? Why are you limiting God? I mean, that's, I think about that with our circumstance, but I also, as a, as a podcast, I know that podcasts, we can't date. And so I want to, I want to also put this in the perspective of non COVID because I believe believers are going to have a COVID, you know, I'm putting quotations like moment in their life and they're going to want to give up. 
but, but I love words like, why are you limiting God? Don't limit God in your circumstance. Don't think it's the end. Don't think, because here's the thing. We have all gone through things that are so tough and so hard that we go, well, what's the point? What's the point of going on? And, and I love that pastor says, why are you limiting God? This isn't, this isn't too much for God. This isn't the end for God. This is, don't limit me. Don't limit what I can do in you. Yeah. Um, but I love it. It says, you know, in the end will be faith, hope, and love. Again, as long as you're going, do I have faith in this tough situation? Do I have hope in this tough situation? And do I have love in this tough situation? Because man, when people are going through stuff, love is what they need. They need the love of Jesus. That's why I love, you've, you've probably done this. You've probably met people who don't believe in God and don't believe in prayer. But when things are going tough, they'll accept your prayer yeah. because they need something. They need hope. They need, they need, they need love. And I love that the scripture says that, you know, and in the end, if you have those three things, you're going to help change the world. Yeah. So I feel like when you boil it all down, if you're, if you're listening and you're a believer, you know, this faith, hope, and love is more than like a really cute thing that you can buy at a craft store, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's not like three ceramic hearts that you can hang by your door. Yeah. Like they're the centerpiece, the tent poles of our faith. And so if you're trying to figure out where you're at or like Mm -hmm. how to move forward, like boil it down because when you do that, you're going to end up with faith, hope, and love. Yeah. Make those be the thing. Yeah. Like that, those, those, everything else will fall into place. Mm -hmm. All the things that you think that you want, all the things that you think that you need, all the things that you think are, are necessary, but are actually just extras. They'll all call them. They'll all fall into place. Yes. You know, if you just focus on faith, hope, and love. Yeah. Right. Because if you're pursuing that as a family, if you're pursuing your faith, if Mm -hmm. you're, if you're pursuing hope, if you're being a, a, um, a thermostat and not a thermometer, right. Like, like there's hope here. Mm -hmm. I mean, like there's, you know, there's promise. There's a reason to move on. There's a reason to not limit God. And then if you could just love, like if you could just do those things, Mm -hmm. there's enough there for it. So whenever, like the Bible says stuff like, you know, if you want something, pray for it, you mm-hmm. know, and God will give it to you. There's a bunch more to that verse or in the context of that yeah. verse, because I'm really going to, like, if I'm really so loved for Christ, there's only only a handful of things I'm going to be praying about. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so yeah. like, I'm not praying for the lottery, mm-hmm. right? I'm not, you know, I'm not praying to, I don't know, for a Lamborghini or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Like if you focus on faith, hope and love, it changes your heart yes. and it changes your wishes and it changes your dreams. Yeah. And so, and that's a much more attainable appreciable yeah. life, you know, then, cause you're never going to catch up with all the other stuff. You're going to never going to catch up with everyone else's majesty, yeah. you know, but you can for sure catch up with God and his majesty mm-hmm. framed in by faith, hope, and love. Yeah. And when those things mature, I mean, it's, it's amazing when you allow your faith in God to mature, you'll, you'll, you'll start believing in things that you didn't think you could ever believe in. When you start allowing hope to mature in your life, you will be that beacon of light for everyone. Oh, I just love being around so-and-so. I love being around Pastor Scott. He's so hopeful. He's just, you've just allowed hope to mature in you. When you allow love to mature, not only will you love certain people, you love all people. Yeah. There's no, there's no limit to your love. Right. You, and, and, and the maturity of that is you, you aren't like, well, I don't like being around you, but I'm going to, but God told me to love you. No, that's immature love. Yeah. Mature love will go, man, I, I love you. Like I love my, my wife, my kids. I just love you. There's love. That love is in me. And so that's, that's what I love is when, when you go, I think that's one of my prayers is God help me help faith, hope, and love to mature in my life yeah. because I am so excited to see the outcome of that. Yeah, that's good. 
Yeah. Listen, this was a lot of fun. It was. We I should do this again. I, I would love to do this. This was yeah. a, this actually was my first podcast I've ever done. Ever? Ever. Yeah. Wow. I'm a podcast listener. I've never been a podcast yeah. attender. Feels like you've done it like a thousand times. <laughs> awesome. Well, so, thank you for having me. Yeah, I know. It was great to have you. So listen, if you enjoyed this podcast or think someone should hear it that maybe didn't hear it, uh, please share it with them. Uh, you can find the link uh, where you're listening or, or subscribe uh, to the podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms. Pastor Dallas, thanks for being here. Thank you, Pastor. I love you and appreciate you. Love you too. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for joining us for Chew on That.